You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't Um, all right, so Pints and Provisions podcast, Ryan and Evan here again. Um, Ryan loves to play with this um, background here. I wish every, we'll, we'll do some pictures, but he's got a huge bourbon wall uh, behind him. It's, it's, I wish that was his own cellar of bourbon, but unfortunately it is not. So uh, Eddie Simone is joining us down in Florida. And he graciously sent us some beers to drink because you're a big fan of Sideword, which we are too, from what you've sent us. So welcome, Eddie. Thank you for having me. Welcome. I am stoked to be on. Yeah, so, Eddie, you're sitting outside, it looks like? Yeah, it's heating up. It was storming the last few days. We need it. We were in a heavy drought here in central Florida, basically Orlando. Um, but yeah, the sun just popped out. It's about probably 90 degrees. I'm in a shorts and t-shirt. It's a light. It's 40 here and we're going to get six inches of snow tonight. I can't. Yeah. It's the minute, <laughs> the minute I put down like the winter coats, the snow blower and all that crap. Guess what? Guess what Illinois decides to throw at us. I don't miss that one bit when I was, when I was born and raised in Connecticut. My mom used to make me go out before school and shovel the whole driveway. I don't miss any of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I wasn't about to miss it, but apparently I'm going to need to miss it a little bit more. So as not is usual, our usual custom here, but um, you sent us some sideward gunner, which is, as you yes. um, said yourself, is one of the best shotgunning beers. And so, yes. for the first time ever on Pints and Provisions, we're going to shotgun a beer for you. Sadly, I gave you like one of the last few cans uh, that they had. So, I don't have any. They're brewing a new batch come 4th of July um, week. That's our next time they're going to release that. It's usually around like special occasions. The last one I think you guys have, it was around the Super Bowl. So, um, all right. Well, I'm um, my favorite pills from them, the German lager right here. I think you sent that one to us too. Yes, I have punks. That's right. So, um, Ryan, I got one of the fridge. It's a good one. Ryan and I have um, gotten our keyholes ready, so we'll just say cheers and bottoms up, okay? All right. All right. <laughs> bottoms up. I'm gonna chug it.
It's light. What we think. Uh, easier than I thought. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's yeah. Cold. I should have taken it out of the fridge a little bit sooner. All right. Well, that's a good way to start. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about Sideward. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I suspect that most of our listeners are not familiar. Yeah, a little bit of a mess, so I'm going to grab a towel. I was, prepared, I, I was prepared for that. So go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, um, Sideward located um, downtown Orlando, so around the Mills uh, district. Um, basically in the heart of the milk district, we got a lot of districts out there, um, is sour brewing. I mean, from the moments of their whole image and, uh, branding, I fell in love with it. Um, but what really drawn to me is their passion also for the environment. Um, Cy Ward, this is their newest cans they put out for Earth Day. Um, I just picked it up actually this week, they put it out. They made this for camping or hiking. It's all a 4% oatmeal, uh, I mean, oatmeal porter with locally sourced and organic ingredient, um, chocolate, peanut butter, uh, raisins. I haven't tried it yet. I was going to try it with you guys um, on here. And what I love most importantly, though, they, on top of it, is with one of those edible compo uh, compostable lids. I don't know if you guys probably seen videos of yep. – Companies, you know, having seen turtles eat it and stuff like that. So really they cool. They don't ship the best, but, but they're good for the environment. What's that? They don't ship the best. Just because they're my first time, empty, This is my first but. time seeing it in person. And, um, There's some places in Chicago that are doing it a lot. Because we went up to Chicago and got uh, – maybe it was St. Louis. Narrow Gauge does it. Narrow um, Gauge. Yeah. A couple other places, maybe it was St. Louis. We were there for a bachelor party last summer, and had a bunch of the places down there were doing it. So, oh, that that's awesome! I love it. Worked fantastic. That. Other than that, you know, if you just ship it to someone, they're a little flimsy and they kind of break up. But otherwise, it's it's awesome. So you don't have to deal with plastic and all that bullshit that comes with plastic. Yes. Excuse my language. That's a whole nother topic I can get into. I just love seeing right. breweries. Also, you know, they care about you know their product, but they also care about their impact on the environment. That's a great beer, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Cy Ward, the head brewer, Garrett, um, he used to be the head brewer over, if I recall, at Red Cypress. Uh, I never got a chance to go out there because it's a pretty far drive. I believe it was, in it was in Longwood. If I recall, I can't remember. It might not be in Longwood. Um, but, yeah, him and Mandy and his brother opened up uh, Cy Ward. Uh, it would, like I said, it would have been the one-year anniversary. And for me, obviously, Central Florida, Orlando, doesn't really have a staple brewery. We do have a few breweries, you know, like Orlando Brewing um, has been around here. That's that organic one. Um, there's been Orange Blossom. Um, but here, I've uh, got Ellipsis and a couple others. So for me, for the last, since what, 2014, 13, I've been always driving to Tampa, Florida, obviously, for all those breweries. You know, we don't have to go into that. So I'm finally, you know, once I started tasting some of their studs, it was just like instant. I was like, oh, man, I don't have to make that like 60-plus. Finally, don't drive. have to drive. Yeah. Camp overnight in AC alleyway. I was like, <laughs> here's some uh, some local. It only takes me 20 minutes to get to. So I was pretty awesome. stoked. And the whole environment. So I love, you know, for me, the bar, just the whole atmosphere when you walk in. It kind of has that AC feel, that little rustic metal vibe. But um, 
it just really it also kind of reminds me of the veil if you guys ever been in the veil like the board I'm not. I think stuff like knows. that it has the same type of uh concept very minimalist um straightforward so nice. and, and there's just some rad people they always care um about their folks about the people about the product man yeah and, and about dogs i know a lot of breweries right now are not allowing pets i'm hearing and stuff like that like their dogs so it's a big thing happening here. So I suppose that's kind of hit or miss. You know, you'll find that I guess outdoor places like Florida will probably want to be more open to allowing dogs, kids, you know, not the traditional style, but you know, it, it I guess it just comes on how progressive your area is and how willingness. I know that um, one of the local breweries here at industry, they'll usually have like a, a specific day or uh, of the week that they usually have like dogs um, coming in and such, but It'd be great to see more of that. Um, so, Eddie, as far as uh, as I know, you and and you, what you're about, you're a big proponent of you know the environment and yeah. um, get you know making sure that everything that we do is properly sourced and you know recycling. You're you are by trade. Um, you work as a zoo. You, you better you better correct me, but a zookeeper. Yeah, basically in easy terms. I mean, you could say, yeah, that's the basic way just to break it down. Yep, zookeeper. So obviously, that since that's a big passion for you and you see a brewery doing such good things, um, it's interesting, like, with these, this current pandemic thing, and, and, and this is just me, like, I always had been so self-conscious about, you know, plastic bags in the grocery store. I feel like that has just been such an afterthought with the current way of life that we kind of have to live that you're just like, and it's unfortunate in a way yeah. that we're having to think more about one thing and sort of having to push another thing. Have you seen that in your area? Um, yes, I have. Um, I saw it in a lot of different ways and probably, probably other States have seen it worse. Um, but locally here, I can even just say going to my whole foods, they got rid of all my bulk, um, section containers. Um, luckily, uh, my fiance is a pretty good cook. So she always cooks, um, from scratch. So that also helps, um, when you're trying to source out, you know, zero waste products with minimalist packaging. So bulk item stores is what we always go to, to get our stuff. And it's always, you know, organic, um, non-GMO. So with this whole COVID-19 issue pandemic, they're getting away with all that. So obviously with the contact, they want everything already pre-packaged for the most part. But the most part I've seen right there is, um, yeah, is my bulk section they remove. But I still bring my own, um, you know, sustainable or organic cotton um, bags. I bring my mason jars whenever I can, I can use it. Um, and then I just bring it in still, even though they sometimes give me some heat and try to say stuff, um, I just stand up and believe in. That's the one thing, one of the big R's, that's the first R is to refuse. So I'm refusing to back down. Um, I've done a lot of research and looking at this uh, COVID-19 stuff and they said plastic, actually the um, virus stays on plastic the longest, it does. 72 hours. Yep. Um, so that's a big counterpart right there. So you're trying to feed us all this you know, plastic at the same time you're trying to maintain not spreading it, but it's, it's holding on to it the longest. So that's I, I, yeah, I just found it like, so fascinating because like my mind as a medical professional just like immediately went to how can I stay safe from this? How can I keep it from spreading from others? And 
you know, working in a yep. medical office, I see the amount of waste that we create, number one, just from the get-go, but then number two now, like masks and gloves and cleaning products now, which are important, but then all of a sudden, all of our concerns and thoughts and um, hopes for reducing the amount of waste that create just sort of go by the wayside, which is unfortunate. There's got to strike a balance here. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that. Yes, I hope so too. Um, the best way is to see what your, you know, your local um, city or town, um, what they're doing with any type of curbside pickup or if you can drop off stuff. Um, I also look into like gloves. You can buy gloves. I know we do that also at our work where we work with a company that you're able to send back your gloves and they'll actually recycle them and they make playgrounds out of them. So um, when I'm buying stuff, even just Smart. for my personal use, I always look to see what their uh, impact is um, to the environment of what they're making. And also do, a big term that's coming out now is close the loop. Close the loop. Um, so you want a full cycle from where it starts to its end of its cycle. Where's it going? How can you close that loop? Um, there's a companies out right now that are coming out and really getting behind that uh, slogan. And um, there's a, quite a few ones that I back and support and help and do that. And there's, like I said, there's places that are doing that with their gloves. You just got to look it up. They obviously, just like when you're cycling, you want to clean it. With gloves, you want to probably try your best to sterilize it and clean it so you can send it back so it's not contaminated. Just like when you're recycling your bottles or boxes and stuff like that in your community curb, curbside stuff. A lot of people don't know that. If you just put in dirty stuff, a lot of places are not going to take it because it's just going to contaminate yeah. everything else. So that that's all just going to go into a landfill. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's just, it's so hard when you have your, your mind is always constantly thinking about this, that, and the other. And I felt yeah. like, you know, our family has always done the best that we can do with a, um, a family of like three kids, but then all of a sudden this comes around and, you know, I, I just thought about, you know, the whole mask situation in my office, like we have to use like medical grade masks. Yes. But then at home, like my mom sent us cloth masks, which are great because you can toss them in the uh, washing machine, you can wash them. And that's one of the best ways to sterilize those. Yes. Um, and the problem is, is those medical and, and for what you need to use those masks for out in public on the grocery store, going to the pharmacy um, that, you know, protects others the best that it can. Um, but I can't imagine what the hospital has to like turn over in terms of medical waste and plastic and PPE, you know, the per, uh, personal protective equipment that they have to use. And I guess that's just my own personal world and what I live in and not what I think about. And it's just amazing um, what kind of you know, waste that that creates. But, you know, they have to do whatever they can to prevent the spread within internally. Yes. So to speak. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, like I've seen a lot of you know other countries. Obviously, not as fortunate as us, but it is happening here. Um, the biggest thing is just people just taking their gloves and just throwing them on the ground. Um, there's been yeah. a lot of photos already coming to surface that finding gloves and masks in the ocean already find um, wasting up there. It's because people are just taking it and then just littering. They're not yeah. properly disposing um, these items. So, you know, like you're saying in the medical field, I'm sure they're going through guidelines and properly disposing. It's all about, you know, the change of, in the chain of command. But I like, like you said, at the end of the day, you know, you want to try and do your best. That's what I always ask. Well, none of us are going to be perfect. It's all about, you know, 
I'd rather have, you know, billions of people being imperfect than have a handful of people just being perfect. The only way we're going to see change is if we're all in it together, trying our best every single day to the best capability that we can. And, um, you know, and that's the only way I feel like we will see change for the greater. I need to get a glass. I'm going to try this porter. It's only 4%, <laughs> man. I thought this porter was going to be like 10%. Then they go and they're like, nah, it's only four. I was like, yeah, like, this is a true hiking beer. I'm like, right, all right. And I wish I can go hike. All the parks are closed. Yeah, the um, I'm the doing my best. To, porter. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best to be sustainable and drinking my homebrew today. Um, this is the West Coast double IPA that I did. Um, good one. Yeah, kind of mimicking the uh, main beer company dinner or Pliny the Elder kind of style. So turned out great. So uh, I definitely don't create a lot of waste when I homebrew. Look at this. It's, this is service right here. My lady just, she just gave me a glass. That's awesome. Um, wait, wait, wait. Here. Eddie does not have a pints and provisions glass? No, I do not. Oh, I've got one left now. And so guess who's the lucky uh, recipient of that now? I hope we need, so. uh, we need to place another order for him because I'm out. Let me uh, try this. Yeah, you're and right. I'm going to open up some more after this. So, um, I've, oh, one of the main things I forgot, what it was right on my eye, I was so stoked. Through all this side war, still during, you know, these crazy times, they're hurting as well, their staff is, they are donating a um, portion of their proceeds to Conservation Florida from these nice. camps. That's awesome. So, like, big slogan, Recycle Dude. I got to send you guys t-shirts of that. That's my favorite t-shirt from them. I got it in black, obviously. But it has their big slogan, kind of like the veil with their recycler die. Recycler die. Yeah, you've seen it on the punks, like on their branding of their, or their uh, ring. The P, but they have like the their skeleton skeleton guy, you know, chugging a beer and it's going down and it says like recycle dude and her name. It's really tight. It's my favorite. It's like my favorite. I wear it all the time. Remind remind me what the uh, Ryan. You probably remember this, but um, um, up in uh, Stowe, Vermont. The Alchemist, what's their uh, recycling motto? Oh, God. don't be a is it don't be a d bag? Right. He goes up there all the yeah, time. Yeah, don't be a it's don't be a douche. Don't be, yeah, don't it's be like he, it's he, a, I had that sticker on my fridge. He is, yeah. a, he's yeah, he's a big proponent. I remember hearing a story from him, uh, uh, John Kimmich, about how like he and his kids or something went out for a hike and they saw these glass bottles like in a in a, a creek or at a reservoir or something like that. And he committed that from there forward, he's gonna he was gonna do as much as he could to like can all of his stuff in a more recyclable like, product. Yeah, Lawson's are very good at that too. Lawson's. I was gonna say I noticed it everywhere in Vermont when I was there going to breweries and stuff for my bachelor party week because I was up there for a week. Um, it was just even comparing, you know, Chicago's um, doing a pretty good job being green, but man, it was so so noticeable up in Vermont. Just um, I love it here all the breweries really promoting, not even just leading by example, but they were promoting zero waste um, with signage and just uh, slogans and all different things on top of their actions, which was really impressive. I feel like that was the direction a lot of breweries were going to before all this. Yeah. Um, the community with the, the better for the planet and all that was bringing. Guys, I got, I'm going to send you guys some of this. This is good. good. We're pretty 4%. good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not like your typical, you know, thick body porter trying to be a stout. Four um, percent. I mean, if you it's love ninety degrees butter, where you are, you don't want a uh, thick stout, though. I <laughs> like, 
I'm no, getting small. I'm a big peanut butter like whore, so I love peanut butter. It's probably like my only few adjunct that I like. I love marshmallow, but no one besides modern times does vegan marshmallows. I've been always trying to get like I always write to like breweries like, can you just please spend a little bit more and just do vegan marshmallows? I'm like, you're killing me. I don't want no gelatin. Oh wow. <laughs> I I probably have never thought about it. And that and I yeah, apologize yeah. this for Eddie uh, to Eddie for this, but because you're on the Pints and Provisions podcast, of course, our um, provisions guy, Mark, is one of the most meat-centric, meat-like lovers of barbecue that you could ever imagine. And, <laughs> and you know, his, his, his own Instagram page is just like meat porn, basically, all the time. Like, he is such a wonderful guy at making great barbecue and smoking and stuff like that. So does that, does that bother you? Does that stress you out or are you just like yeah i'm just going to change one person at a time no i i just try to lead by example and then i try to show people uh you know my own way the food that i eat um the health benefits my own personal health gains what i had to overcome in the past um what i know i just put it on the table and people want to run with it they can and um work out you know i have a lot of close friends here and back home I'm the only one that's vegan. Um, so obviously I get a ton of vegan jokes nonstop. Um, I work out with some pretty hardcore fitness people here. Um, that majority are- I've seen on, on, on Instagram. I got people, yeah, they're like eight, 6% body fat, shredded, but their majority of their diet is plant-based, but they're like, they're called it's meat eaters. So they'll eat all, majority all plant-based um, raw foods, but have a little bit of meat in there. You know, and I'm not going to ever tell somebody um, how to live their life. One thing that really bothers me, uh, it's kind of going another direction, where I know it's factory farming. I'm a big, dis I'll be the first one, and they all know that I am totally against factory farming. That's another problem that the whole world is going through, factory farming, can link to these diseases that we're seeing that are being spread. Uh, that's something that I am totally. true true passionate against um if you want to go out and have your own farm or like me i support a lot of my local farmers here in central florida um that i get my a produce farm but they might also have you know some cows on there for dairy for raw milk etc or have chickens um but i always try to promote if you're going to have meat make sure you know who you're going so back like how our grandparents were they knew the butcher they knew the oh, yeah. milk man. Yeah, they knew where their stuff was coming from. They saw what it was, not what was you know. You don't know anything. What's being pasteurized? What's being pumped in here? How humane it is? They're living in you know these tight quarters their whole life, being taken away from their you know their mom at birth. Um, there's so much components to that. It's a whole nother topic I can get into. Yeah. Um, obviously, people that are hunting, you know, that's another thing. I I believe in you know in conservation and stuff like that. But obviously, if I'm going to have to pick, either you want me to go ask, ask if someone's going to ask me, would you rather someone go out and hunt their food or have, get it from factory farming? I'm always going to say hunter, you know, if you're going to go out and gather your food, um, it's going to be the quickest, especially if you're using, obviously, crossbows, eh, not the most humane thing because it's very hard. But um, if you're going to go out and um, gather your food, it's, you know, way more sustainable and ethical than factory farming. Um, but you know, that's another issue. And obviously if I'm asking everyone to go buy sustain, uh, like locally sourced organic food, it ain't cheap either. So that's another problem we're facing. 
Yeah. So that's why I tell people vegan and they'll say, Oh, it's in soma, but like you can live such a healthy diet off of vegan food. And so nowadays, you know, especially in Orlando, they just got rated number third in the country as best vegan city in the world. In oh, the country. Wow. Really? Yeah. Behind uh, New York and Portland. Portland. Uh, yeah. Go Portland, ahead. Oregon or Portland, Maine? Oregon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So like, but like I've, I've seen the best game. Like you can Anything. But you said third in the world? No, country I meant. Oh, country. I don't oh, know okay. about world. I haven't looked in there. But, yeah, it, it very helps that Disney and, like, universe, especially Disney, they launched a few months ago uh, to have a big, strong movement for plant. They call it, you know, obviously plant-based. So, like, every menu uh, at Disney, wherever you're going to eat, they're going to have, especially at sit-downs, they're going to have at least one or two options of plant-based. Um, okay. So it just shows you where we, we have come from not too long ago. But, but yeah, I'm, there's no harm feelings, you know. I get, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go and uh, go look at those pages or like that, but um, my that is what it is. The thing is, um, is Mark and I think Evan and I both, when we, when we buy our meats, we, we have two really, for a small town, we got two really good meat markets um, yeah. nearby, and, and they um, do locally, you know, farmed, uh, farmed food and things like that, so you can kind of know where you're getting it from and where the farm is and things like that. So that at least um, helps from that standpoint. But yeah, I, I'd have I, a hard time. I'd have a hard time going, going full vegan, but I, I do. I mean, as you know, you got me into that warrior uh, uh, plant-based protein about a year ago, maybe a year and a half. So I started doing that for lunch with uh, some, some plant-based protein shakes and things like that. Cause it's pretty amazing. Just even in the last couple of years, um, I, I don't know what the quantity is, but I got to assume, plant-based protein um, foods uh, in general have probably gone up, you know, I don't know, a thousand percent or something like that. I mean, it's just crazy how many more options there are in every store you go to and restaurants and things like that. So it just seems like you're, you're the, the availability of, of things that are tasting good and out there and familiarity with it and is uh, growing rapidly. So I think it'll only continue um, to get everyone more comfortable with it and, yeah, my uh, fiance, she doesn't even like the Impossible Burgers because it tastes too real meat to her. So she won't even eat it because really? <laughs> um, she thinks it's like real like flesh meat. Um, but a lot of meat companies eyeing into plant-based stuff because um, they're seeing the shift, especially last year, um, where they outgrown um, meat production. of animals. And even like cow farms or like, dairy farms are going bankrupt in 2019, some of the largest ones in the world, um, cause drink an alternative milk. I'm a big yeah. guy. I, everyone now love oat milk. Made a fresh what batch kind, of oat kind? milk. You cut out on my computer. I don't know if it was me or Evans. Oat milk. oat milk is what I always get. So, I mean, I don't get it. I make my own. So I just made a batch wow. right before uh, you, we went on. Um, so I make it with all you different stuff. Pea milk about two years ago. Pea, pea milk's good. Yeah. And I yeah. use like the leftover pulp and I use it for other stuff. Um, so I, so there's like no zero waste, but, yeah. uh, what I was going to say Tyson, I believe, I don't know if they still do, but in the beyond Tyson, uh, own 3%, I recall of, um, of beyond Meat. So that's what I was saying. A lot of these big, wow. you know, big time companies, into it. they know where the shift is going. So they're putting yeah. their money in. Yeah. I know we, um, a while ago, my, my wife would probably be a vegan vegetarian if it weren't for me. So that's my fault, but she's definitely shifted my 
at least some habits, you know, um, one of which recently has been after kind of an indulgent December, you know, she got on uh, something called Splendid Spoon. And this is not an advertisement for Splendid Spoon at all. But, you know, they're an all plant-based company that does like ready-to-go smoothies for the morning and then lunch bowls. And they're all vegan. And they are fantastic. So you take a, you have your smoothie in the morning, you have uh, this pretty reasonable bowl and they've got like flavors like you wouldn't believe. I mean, wonderful. And we, we've been doing those and it's like five days, uh, five days out of a week that those come in and it's, it's really nice to kind of reset your mindset gut, you know, you sleep better, you just feel better overall, especially when you're working out and, one thing that at least has uh, increased since this whole thing is uh, I've been working out probably more than I usually do, which I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a lazy guy at all, but this actually has increased the capabilities of me, you know, riding my bike, running outside, things like that. So I, I want to yes. continue that. All the bike stores have sold out on their bikes here. I just, before we, uh, I joined, I did my second workout. I did a quick one mile out the door back. Um, but I'm all big believer of daily movement. Keep, keep your body in motion. I feel like plant-based helps um, with that, especially with uh, restoring the muscle and, and getting ready for the next day, especially, you know, my type of business. um, I'm always moving. I'm always putting pressure on my joints, not getting younger, 35 years old. So um, with this, with vegan diet, I just be eating outside of beer. um, I'm mostly eating just, you know, clean, um, clean ingredients and majority of it's raw. I'm a big raw guy. So your body digests it. I'm a big advocate of your gut. I've been drinking kombucha for the last 10 years uh, before it all got crazy in this trend. Uh, but I always tell people, if you, if you have any gut issues, any headaches, migraines, um, you got to check your gut because your gut is your second brain. And if you're not pro- doing your gut properly, um, man, you're just going backwards. Your gut has a lot of stuff. So I feel like that has to do yeah. with the, you know food, yeah. and that's why Kabuta does a great thing with all the probiotics and the live enzymes and stuff like that. And especially now in this pandemic, um, with this virus, people should you know drinking that stuff every yeah. single day. Yeah, that live all the, all the detox stuff stuff only helps. Yeah, yeah, well, have that thing, the B12s, all that stuff. Let's hope that um, even though we're unfortunately semi unconsciously consciously ignoring all the plastic and waste that we're making maybe we make some shifts towards you know plant-based because things like animal products are going to be looked at a little bit differently especially considering you know the source of where this all came from and everything and i think people will look a little bit more discriminately at what they're getting what they're eating where the where it's coming from and you know there's always positives to take out of something like this there's always a silver lining i don't want to you know I've been telling people, man, I'm getting a lot of backlash because everyone's, you know, losing jobs, money, death. I'm always trying to be that person with glass half full, not half empty. So I'm just telling that nature's healing right now. You look outside, especially even here, I'm, I'm going to my, I don't see people littering on the side. Yeah. Um, I mean, the air, I'm finally stars I've never seen, you know, living close to Disney with all the yeah. fire. I'm not, I'm not, I'm seeing, there's no noise pollution, there's no smog. I mean, you can go over to China and then, you know, you could see all that because of the factories are shut down. 
Um, so stuff like that, even then, and then all the stuff that comes with animal farming, the factory farming, you know, all that pollution, all the methane, all the gases, other, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see um, what is happening and how our world is healing right now when we're not being our typical, normal, active yeah. selves. And I, I don't know, it just me, I feel did like you, a lot of us are reconnecting to, to Mother Earth. And I, did you, I, I did you see incredible. some of those pictures of the canals in Venice? Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen, a, yeah, I've seen quite a few and just how clear it is. It's just amazing. I mean, I, I think mean, the I, of LA is unbelievable. When you see pictures of LA during the day, it's like all that smog's gone. It's just like, holy cow, just in and all that wildlife. You see pictures now of yeah. see all those pictures of the wildlife now roaming the streets. Um, yep. The only issue I heard in New Orleans is like has a lot of rats now that are like taking over. Yeah. But um, that is. I hadn't heard about that. But yeah, coyotes in in San Francisco. It's it's just so cool to see. Like it's like all the we've seen about posts like apocalyptic and and how these cities will look. Like I I'm driving around the streets here especially around Disney and it, I feel like I'm out of the, like in the first season of the walking dead when Rick is like on his horse walking into like Atlanta and I feel like I'm the only one driving and I'm like, wow, this is like pretty eerie and crazy. I'm like, I don't know if I'll, I thought me being alive, I would ever be these, this day of the streets empty. Yeah. So I love, I, I just love talking to you guys, man. I gotta <laughs> be on the often. I, I, oh, nice. And he's got another table. beer to drink too. I do. I got quite a few. Hey, no, I'm, this is, I think this has been one of the more unique conversations actually we've had um, on the podcast, especially when it comes to, we, we're in the Midwest. The Midwest is very much yeah. like ingrained in, I mean, that's probably why I'm ingrained in the whole meat and potatoes kind of aspect of eating. Yeah. You know, my parents grew up on a small farm in Iowa and I'm sure they ate cows and pigs and things that were grown not within more than five miles away from them. But, you know, my wife always laughs at me because she grew up in a place like Iowa City where it's very much more progressive than the rest of Iowa. And so her yeah. mindset is a much yeah, more progressive. Town. Yeah, big college town. And, I you went know, to Columbus for the first time last year. Yeah. And, and my parents were just like, there should be meat with every single, every single serving of, you know, the day. Yeah. You're like, my mom will say like, where's the meat? You know, and, and that's just her mindset. She grew up that way. She grew up on a small farm and that's just the way it was. You know, that was like two thirds of what her plate of food was made of was meat. Yeah. And obviously I've shifted mine because my wife is wonderful and she always has encouraged me to branch out a little bit more and it's worked pretty well because she's wonderful and I love her. But, you know, it's a mind, it's a mind, uh, mindset yeah. shift that you have to make. Yeah. Oh, hundred um, percent. I'm in the same boat with you. Uh, my whole family like shunned me. I'm being a Lebanese and Italian. Uh, my situ, you know, everything, every dinner, you got to have like something when it's mostly plant-based uh, Lebanese food, but you always have like some side of, uh, you know, anything with like cow or lamb in it. Um, oh yeah. When I was, when I would come and I home or was still living in Connecticut, she lived with us. She would always make it, and it was like the biggest insult for her. I don't, you know, I don't know if you know any about the Lebanese like heritage, but like if you don't eat when you're over someone's house, not even like if you're related to them, it's like a big insult. So she took it very hard, and never and never like really like took the whole concept of what I was trying to do or what my ethics were, my beliefs, 
and this is someone coming from, you know, the old age of, you know, being from Lebanon, where you, I talked to her and everyone had their own, you know, cattle, everyone had their own animals that they raised on or traded with another local, you know, person and vice versa. So they, they what they lived on is what they had in their backyard. I said, mm -hmm. I'm always be like, sit to this is not like you got to understand this is not like, you know, back in the fifties or forties uh, or even thirties where you just lived off the land. The population is so different now. So yeah, I totally know what you're, I know I have been through there, man. Yeah, I get and finally barely any better. And they're salt of the earth people. And I, you know, I can't, I can't say like, Hey, you guys need to just like calm down. I mean, it's just like the way they grew up and my, my parents have definitely come, come around it quite a bit. I mean, they go down to, they now retire down in Florida and stuff. And so they understand. Oh yeah. There yeah. Like I said, we were supposed to be down there enjoying the great weather. Instead, we're getting like four inches of snow tonight. So they live, they live uh, here in central Florida or so well, they, they winter in Venice. Oh, okay. Okay, so nice. we were supposed to be there this week. We would have been uh, shark tooth hunting down at the beach at uh, uh, Casperson Beach down there, which is like a major, I mean, you just like, the kids love sifting through and finding, you know, 20 shark's teeth. It's wonderful. They love it. That's um, freaking amazing. But, uh, you know, they, they, they've come around a little bit, you know, and but so have I. So the hope is that, again, like you said, you just change one person at a time. You talk to one person at a time, encourage them to eat one less meal a week that has meat, that kind of stuff. Yeah, mealless Mondays are huge. Yeah. I forgot the numbers, but yeah. like, I watched a documentary uh, before the flood. Um, that was really cool. They broke it down like if people did mealless Monday, crazy numbers, like everyone in the world did that. It, just, it would help out the planet so much. Even if it was just like once a week. But, but we're seeing now, man, we live, we, we're seeing now that we live in a fragile, fragile place and we're yeah. all connected between yeah, this, us animals we're all connected to this one planet we have so yeah if this doesn't right if this doesn't show you not only the fragility but also you know the the good sides of having us all stay home and sit home you know i don't yeah. know what will i think it's just deft on you if you don't oh for sure and I just hope people are seeing it as a positive and maybe reconnecting with their, you know, loved ones, their family members. I think uh, everyone is. Yeah. Reading books Dude. and playing board games. You know, like, I'm an eighties, I was born in the eighties, you know, nineties baby. So that's all we used to do is play outside and play in the house and ride bikes. Like that was our childhood. And I thought I had a best, I, I look back, I was like, I loved growing up. It was a great time. Yeah. Watch TV just a little bit, you know, when parents allowed and, I, I like I had a strong upbringing and maybe we just needed that also a little that we were just going in a you know a time where everyone was so disconnected like you go out here especially when you see out people in the parks I go out to eat at a Disney restaurant and the families are not even talking to each other every single one I mean I've seen kids like in their in their five six year olds on phones like everyone just had their own tablet or phone or iPad and everyone just yeah. on it instead of talking to each other at ten and that's what you usually see at these par at the parks so it's, I hope, you know, something, you know, good comes out of all this. Something. Yeah. I'm going to get I mean, my other beer. Let me finish. Like this with family, like we just, um, you know, we, we're feeding two babies um, up at kind of like our countertop or whatever at every night. And, um, and so our dinners aren't at a sit down or as, as formal as maybe they should be, but yeah, we can very, very easily put 
uh, FaceTime on facing the girls and, and my wife. And so every night we're either doing that with my parents or hers or her sister or other family or whatever. And we're just like, why weren't we doing this all along? You know, it's like, it's uh, kind of re refreshing our minds too, to what we should be doing with staying connected with our loved ones. That's really cool. That's, I couldn't imagine right now. I obviously I don't have any kids. So people that are either, you know, if, um, they're about to have a kid or like you have some infants hats off to you guys. I mean, I can only imagine right now trying to deal with that also and balancing all that and having all these restrictions. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I'm just myself and my dog and a lady. That's it. We do have a nanny helping us during the day, so that that definitely helps. So she's following the rules with her family, and we figured we keep that as a as a consistent um, element. Then for all of us, it should work. And so the work days are pretty similar, except it's uh, you know just at home in the office or my makeshift one down here in my my unfinished basement. But uh, yeah, just trying to balance all that, and you know, can't have a babysitter or go out to eat or things like that. It's a little bit different, but. Um, we, we had a really nice run of a couple weeks of good weather. So just getting out and walking a lot more than we probably normally would because we're just like so thankful just to go outside and have a nice day. Where normally we probably would have just been in the zone of just our everyday random yeah. agenda and, and not even think about it. So that's probably like, tough, you know, not having that's probably correct. You know, like you were saying with snowing, like I can, that just another element to bring on the whole <laughs> home thing is when you can't even go outside and enjoy you know, outside. You can still yeah. go outside and enjoy it, Eddie. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kids love that. Oh, yeah. I didn't care how cold it was. I'll go right in. Oh, man. But now, man, Florida has had made me – has made – oh, man. My, my, everyone, when I go back home and it's only like soft. 60 now, and I'm like, yeah, they just call me soft. Yeah. I get it all the time now. It's just – you spend like a, just even a year in, in the Florida summer and the humidity, like it just changes you in, like, so quick. Oh yeah, it's out of your blood. You know, you probably you've been to it. All right, let me get my other beer. I know you got to get your other beer. Eddie. Yeah, and you got to think about your ideal four pack. Okay, hold on real quick. You don't mind me? No, nope, no. Yeah. So I gotta so go. I gotta, yeah, go ahead, Eddie. You heard of the, you guys have probably seen stouts by Drafting Table. No, they're out of Wixom, Michigan. I Michigan. Um, they just came out with this. I, it was canned, I think, this week or the weekend, but. Um, Someone I know was up there and grabbed some and shipped them, and they came today. It's called Professional Pills. Crisp German-style Pilsner brewed with uh, Noble Hops, 5.2%, and it's really, really good. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Hill Farm said Marie's hard to beat, so uh, following that, I mean, this is, this is tasting plenty good. Oh, man. All right, Eddie, go get your beer. All right, so, Ryan, drafting yeah. table, you need to remember Dan – from the podcast, I think it was episode five. He went to the Michigan Brewers Guild Winter yep. Festival, and I remember he that. talked about drafting table. What beer was it? I don't I remember. I don't remember drafting table. I think he just remembers going to the the booth or something. But I remember him talking about drafting table. Ah, okay. Um, um, it was like a strawberry barrel aged stout or something, or Neapolitan that he was really pumped was about. It? Or was that Sagatuck? Well, I think it was Sagatuck, but it was a barrel-aged version of what we get here, I think, that he was raving about. And then I think it was uh, that double shake IPA from – uh, 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 old, uh, old Nation? Old Notion? Old Nation, yep. Gosh, 
I can't believe I've M43, the uh, old notion. Nation? Notion. notion. I am embarrassed that I can't recall. Was it was it DDH M43 or Strawberry M43? It was no, there was like a strawberry um component to that and um he loved it i remember he loved it but that was like episode five and i think this is episode 69 nice so um i was i I was actually wondering that the other when we talked to live oak i was like how many episodes are that was 68 so i'll just put a uh plug in now because uh those of those of you who are listening who um are looking forward to the next episode. We're going to have Neil Fisher from Weldworks Brewing on. So we're really excited that he uh, right graciously now. accepted our invitation to um, talk to him about the uh, postponed Weldworks Invitational, what they're doing at their brewery to um, contribute to safety in their area. I think they were making some hand sanitizer um, and just generally what things are doing. So uh, Eddie, after this episode, we're uh, we're going to be talking to Neil Fisher of Weldworks. So, yeah, look for that one. So um, they've got to follow you, though. He has to follow you. Okay. <laughs> we're going to try right. to find a way to uh, to follow our stay-at-home policies and split a to drink on the podcast. So we'll oh, that'll be easy. We could do that. I'm loving, I'm loving those breweries. I heard about saying, I'm loving those, seeing those breweries make their own hand sanitizer um, and giving them out to, like, yes. you know, the local communities. That is, that is effing awesome. Distilleries couple- and breweries that have ramped that up is awesome. Yeah, yeah there's- they pull together, they pull their, their science knowledge. That is like something that I truly find really incredible those are the people those are the breweries that i look out and like i want to be like supported like i'll give my last dollar to like those are the ones that people are gonna really support extra after this is all yeah really did it right and and donated to like the society you mentioned donated to the the restaurant uh groups that are you know you know going through struggles and things like that those are the ones that are really gonna um yes Support the 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 whole you know society that's going through this. They're they're going to be strong after this. That is what I love to hear. Well, and I got to dry hop that um, all together IPA that I brewed last weekend because that was what uh, Sam and Matt from Other Half had promoted as kind of the worldwide collaboration. Everybody makes this one beer, and. If you make a beer at home as a home brewer, you donate to your local, you Thank know, you. restaurant industry or what have you. And if you're a big brewer, you donate too. But basically, it's a worldwide beer that we all make, and I made one at home. I just got uh, my dinner handed to me. Man, I, I am. I think I'm spoiled, guys. It's a bowl of bowl of, a bowl of ramen. Oh no! Can you see that? It's hard to tell what it is. Cauliflower tofu. Cauliflower tofu. Cajun, she made Cajun fried tofu with cream Swiss chard and pickled oh, cauliflower. Sh- oh, dang. All right. So that probably is uh, going to beat what I'm going to have tonight. Although, He's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pair that with this maple coffee <laughs> breakfast stout. I believe it's coming out of Illinois. Oh, uh, no. What? Ryan, did you send that to him? 
<laughs> what is that Oculus Bro? In December 2019, I got a <sighs> beloved Adam Hicks opener. Adam Hicks for opener. It. Awesome. Nate, you guys probably know Nate. He actually gave me this because he knows how crazy I am of a horror Halloween. Also, have a couple of tattoos from the Nightmare Before Christmas. So out of nowhere, awesome. he's just like, "Hey." Wow. He's like, give me your address, and this came to my house. And oh, the, like, you mean the Nate Snell? Yes. I. This is what one great thing about the beer community. Back in the day, I you know would always talk to him, but then obviously he, he lives in Lakeland. He came over to my house for some some crazy shares. He probably can tell you about that on a podcast. The infamous well, think, uh, sushi chef yeah. bottle share. The yeah. Seagull oh, the, yes. the, that was oh, epic. Yeah, that was a while back. Andrew Seagull, that's my boy Andrew, another really close friend of mine. Um, Whose birthday yeah. is tomorrow? Yes, it is. He um. So yeah, this is what happens. This is this is what I love about the community. Like he knew this. I never even asked for it. He was like just addressing this showed up. I didn't even know it was, and I freaking I thought I won the lottery of a million dollars. That's awesome. Opener, like. So well, anyways, I'm, what? I'm 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 very nervous that uh, one of my own beers is being opened up on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first one for you. I want to have it in a nice snifter, a little Plan B, one of my favorite breweries back home. It's about 40, 45 to an hour from my place in Connecticut. Oh, Love cool. this place. If anyone ever wants to go to a brewery to seek out one, I would highly recommend Plan is B. Is that uh, Evan? Yep. Yeah. It's in the middle of a farm, like 200 acres. Yeah. It's a little bit of like, oh, cool. a, like a shed, like a farm shed. Um, so, uh, and there are the goats now, there's chickens. It, it is truly like a mech of a place for me. Um, the ambiance, the whole thing with connecting like with your beer and then the land and in the wildlife nature is something incredible. And I, and then the whole area is great cause it's not too far from the Hudson Valley region. So you got, you know, obviously you got oh, okay. equilibrium, you got Hudson Valley brewing, yep. um, 96 district 96. There's so many right there in Hudson Valley that are coming in distilleries that are there. So, I mean, Suarez is not too far from there as yeah, well. Suarez, that's what I was trying to think of. So, there's so oh. many. So when I go home, I'm, I don't know. It's so hard to pack it in because it's that, that area I just love. And then obviously in Connecticut, about 20 minutes from me is OEC. So I'm a big OEC guy as well. Love those folks. Yeah, I think he uses a lot of um, – he gets a lot of his yeast from the natural, like, honey and bees and stuff there from his brewery. Yeah, Plan B? Yeah. Yep, it is. You can see his um, you can see his hives in the backyard right out of the window. It's all right there for you. They get And his stuff is always 100% uh, New York ingredients. Yeah. It's like whole, whole, whole bill. All right, the only thing is that thing is um, it's very undercarbed just because um, – Adding the maple, yeah, adding the maple syrup just like made the yeast go crazy, and they were just like, "I'm done." So lots of coffee, good maple, not a lot of carb, but still, I think the flavors were there. Didn't Hill Farmstead use this coffee before? No, so, this is a local puree place. Local roaster uh, CXT, which stands for Coffee by Tristan. He's a uh, a local guy, he brewed, um, cold brewed us specifically for this beer, um, a, a Bolivia uh, roast, which we thought had a lot of good compliments to the maple syrup and the, the lactose and stuff in it. 
Oh, there's lactose in this? Yeah, there's – sorry, you should, you, you should know that. There's about – I didn't know that. I just keep talking about being – I'm 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 so sorry. There's about two pounds of uh, milk sugar in there. Oh, took a sip. Now I'm like, you're not a vegan. All right, so uh, I I wasn't trying sorry, to pull. Eddie, a... I didn't know that. I forgot about that. <laughs> See, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get ashamed and be upset. Maple syrup is a uh, a crazy ingredient to try to brew with. It is. A lot of right. research trying to figure out how to do it, and because there's so much sugar in there. Um, the yeast just go crazy with it. And it's hard to keep it so that the flavor stays in without the, the sugars just fully getting fermented out and getting the flavor out. Yeah, that had a crazy um, maple finish to it. It was good. It was yeah. good. And I can, you can drink that at 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah I, I think the coffee's great in it. Yeah, and that was, um, I want to say, nearly a gallon of cold brew coffee I added to that. What? Yeah. That's crazy. And, it, and it took a while for it to calm down. So I apologize for the whole uh, uh, lactose thing, but I took a, um, a, uh, a tip from Neil Fisher um, and his uh, stout making and capabilities with Media Noche, and he use, utilizes a lot of lactose in his thing. So. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't drink that much. I haven't drank that much while works in my years. Phenomenal stuff. Um, he's a... He's a very meticulous brewer. Very meticulous. That's like a lot of my thing. Like nowadays, I feel like it's harder, harder for a vegan to have beers these days. I feel like oh, so gosh, many yeah. breweries are just pound, and they don't advertise it at all. So right. I'm that like, and yeah. I just tell them like, just please advertise. Like, what's the big deal of advertising? Like, because I'm that nagging one that always has to like when I'm there. And usually their their bartenders don't know, so then they gotta go ask. Or if I'm like on Instagram, I'm like, is this blah blah blah? And then I got it's just a hassle. That's why I'm a huge Modern Times fan. It was so great when I was just out there, um, at the end of February out there in San Diego, and then I went to a couple other spots because obviously everything 100% is vegan, and you, there's nothing hidden behind it. Just there, it's like. I, and I, I talked to that with Sideward and they wrote like a couple of their cans. They would like have like a little like dairy box and like contains lactose or something like that. I've been trying to tell them like, can you just advertise it better? And so, yeah, a couple others because I'm like, I'm like, you know, at least like with angry chair, they tell you it's a milk, you know, it's a sweet stout. So you should know sweet stouts are going to be a milk stout. Yep. But like, I feel like, you know, nowadays it's just, everything is, is with lactose. It's tough. That's it's what's tough. great about these pilsners. They're low ABV, and, and you know the ingredients are pretty much all natural and good to go. You don't have to worry about what's artificial in there. Hell, yeah. I You're on with Live Oak. Uh, we had Live Oak uh, that uh, did one with us a couple days ago, and uh, we just kind of talked about that. It's like, you know, it's you can't cover up, um, uh, a, you know, you can't cover up a good pilsner with a bunch of artificial ingredients or whatever. Like, it's either, it's either really good and well done, or it's not. That's what, that's why I feel like it's the hardest thing to brew is their lagers. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. Going on. oh yeah. And now that I had a couple of, man, you can ask my fiance, like she had um, Potitia, I believe that's the name from Hill Farmstead uh, two weeks ago. It was number two. Potitia number two. And she oh, had number, yeah. We, she had, we number, had that too. Yeah, she had number three. When we were up there for her first time last year, she had number three. 
But like that, like put her on the like whole lager game. And but after she had that number two a couple weeks ago, I got her some local Pilsner stuff uh, from like Crooked Can and like Ellipsis, and she's like she like couldn't even finish the whole can or a glass because she's like she's like it's not it's hard when you get to the top and you're like everything else is just like you just see how the lagers are and they're like yeah. so they're so hard to make consistent of that, that quality. That's why I love Suarez too. Yeah. Suarez is incredible. They do really well, great. well, two things here. Uh, one, I'm sorry. The labeling just does not come with home brewing as easily as it should. So I apologize for that. But two, um, it's going to motivate me to next time continue to try to get, try to get better mouthfeel out of the stout without having to use lactose. But is that why people use lactose? I feel like, I was yes. having this conversation today, actually, um, with someone, with my uh, one of my good friends' wife, because she's not a big, like, craft person, but I gave her a couple of, like, homage IPAs and stuff like that, and, but it has milk sugar, and she's like, oh, this is so much better than these other IPAs. I'm like, yeah, probably because milk sugar. I feel like it's because a lot of breweries just want to, you know, try to broaden the horizon to attract female demographic, people that don't like beer because of the bitterness or the hot profile so forth so they just want to put tons of lactose in to make it more into a smoothie more into like a slurpee or something sweeter bitter taste yeah make it sweeter and and mouthfeel yeah it's all about was that sweeter and uh, add add to the mouthfeel so because i mean that was what i mean we we boiled that thing for 90 minutes maybe i mean almost like two hours yeah you know like media like the weldworks media noche stuff they do boils for like 36 hours to get the mouthfeel. And so a lot of places just, you know, that's a trickle bill. And so a lot of places just, you know, either can't afford it or don't want to try it. So it's kind of like the cheat. I'm not trying to like be any like disrespectful, but I'm trying to learn. No, it's, it's not, it's not a cheat. Of like, of like trying to like extend, like trying to make it like that thick body. So instead of like trying to conquer that, be like, all right, well, or it's it's something like screwed up. Like, all right, we'll just mask it with, milk sugar or lactose because if this beer tastes bad we'll just put some lactose in it and it'll give us that better thing because i feel like some breweries might do that so then they don't dump a batch of stuff that they just make and we're like all right we'll just throw lactose so we can round it out better it helps shield some stuff for sure yeah and i think with some styles it probably does that more than others but like in a in a stout i especially like a breakfast stout, like what a for for what i was going for and for uh, kyle and i were going for you know, you get a little sweetness in there. You get the bitterness of the coffee. You get the um, kind of dark bitterness of the maple syrup. It all just kind of like, you know, I always say that um, uh, our friend Mike has, has uh, reminded us that like a really good breakfast out reminds you of that last plate or that last um, bit of your breakfast, um, your big breakfast that has like, you know, bacon and pancakes and syrup and yeah. butter and like it just reminds you that last little bit and then slugging it down with coffee like that's what a breakfast stout should kind of remind you of abbs and is probably the ultimate breakfast stout I ever have so it just is going to motivate me next time to utilize more ingredients like oats and wheat and things like that that provide more mouthfeel than maybe lactose and i'm not a huge lactose user but like i kind of went to neil fisher who's I'm just going to say it like he's kind of a brewing idol of mine. Um, yeah. And he's just like, I love using lactose. I love using he's the head it. So. Brewer of Wellworks? Yeah. Okay. 
So he'll be on next week. So I'm going to have to watch that. You're yeah, going to have after, to talk to him about lactose use. I want to hear about that. Yeah, that'll, actually, that'll be really interesting because uh, I think he's um, – I had the, the pleasure of getting to brew with him at the Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine Brewers Retreat about a year ago. And he's a very down-to-earth, like super, um, um, you know, just genuine guy. I'd love to That's hear awesome. what he says about that. Yeah, I would love to hear that too. Um, and that's, see, I'm like, damn, I don't hold judgment. No, no. Me. And all um, I say I'm, is uh, I apologize for not uh, advertising that up front. It's all good. I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to like, you know. I know, I know. Be uh, spiteful and be all, I'm more, I'm always grateful. I'm always, I feel like that was great, great gesture. And I'm just, that's Well, all. as long as you can enjoy the aroma now at this point, that's all I go. care about. I yeah. do. So, hey. They, I uh, wanted because what I was talking about. So this one I want you to talk to him about because I've had this lactose, like I was saying, conversation. I'm not trying to like keep bringing this topic, but um, I had this conversation with a lot of you know people that you guys probably know in the craft beer world that you know a lot of people I know on the Instagram world. But I was having this one. I was out in LA um, hanging with Andrew. Uh, I was talking about modern times, which I was there. Like I feel like modern times. That's why I always get. That's why this bothers me. I feel like modern times right now, when I used to have modern times four years ago, their stuff were good. But right now, I feel like they're probably one of the best barrel-aged programs putting yeah. out stuff, and they don't use any lactose. And if you had, like, I'm loving their last Chaos, um, their Chaos Joy, that it reminded me of Vintage Snowed In of their coconut. It's one of the best coconut oh. stouts. Oh, gosh. It's, the almond, it's called Chaos Joy. Um, it has almonds in it. Um, and coconuts, I can't remember anything else, but the coconut is on another level. It's phenomenal. Well, funky Buddha stuff, boy, that, that brings uh, some memories back. Yeah, that snowed in. It reminds me of that snowed in, like on that coconut level. Um, so good. I think we had I, ours in uh, Evan's house. Yeah, I remember it. that. Like, I had their um, Old Fitzgerald um, one, too, um, on tap, and just a non-adjunct brew um non-adjunct beer barrel age from old phil old fits and that oak was just so incredible that it just gave that vanilla tasted like there was vanilla beans in it and i was just yeah. like blown away and i feel like modern times right now on top of their barrel age program and they're not just using any lactose on any of their stuff and i feel like it can be achieved but obviously that's why i want to hear oh, totally what he has to say about that and modern times is on a huge distribution right now it's not like they're like a small brewery like Forger or something like that that making these small batches under like a thousand bottles. Like they're pumping out membership bottles and everything else and have all those other locations. So they're still putting out great stuff at a high scale level like Treehouse. Treehouse obviously kind of went by, but like their stuff is still like tier. And that's why I want to know like why we still need to continue using lactose. Obviously some people might prefer because like you said, the mouthfeel, but like I feel like you can still achieve that in the brewing process. Yeah. Maybe just people that are making the beer at modern times are just, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm not trying to be biased, but other people that are not vegan are telling me the same thing that like modern times right now is like one of the best, if not the best barrel aged program right now out there. So you got to share with us your ideal four pack. If you were hey. stranded somewhere, the I best have to drop off. I lost track of time and I need to get on a work. You got to go. All right. Yeah. Well, he'll share that here. Let me All right, my share record. it real quick. Okay, okay. All right, my, my four-pack, um, it's going to be, I'm going to say, obviously, at home, I'm going to do punks, 
I'm yeah. going to do um, Hill Farmstead, um, uh, yeah, Potisha at three and two. I love it. could drink that all day. And my fourth one is probably going to be uh, – I'm probably going to stick with, with Hill Farmstead. I'm going to go with um, their Damien um, coffee. Uh, I forgot what coffee they used. It was about two years ago. And it was just freaking incredible. Oh, man, I don't remember what coffee it was. You've done a good job with that. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 I'm keeping nice, simple. Hill Farmstead is what I love. Just clean and simple and amazing. You just taste, you taste what they're trying to bring to you. All right, Eddie. All right. Um, I got to go. Yeah. All right. See you, Ryan. Eddie, Cheers. thanks we'll so much later. for a very informative and very um, wonderful conversation. I thought that um, even though we went – above and beyond what we usually do in terms of time. I think people will really appreciate that. I, a lot of gratitude for the time that you spent with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'll come back anytime. Or if I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll want to have you on again, okay? Anytime. I hope you be well. Be Enjoy your night. Let's share some more beers in the future. All right. Cheers, brother. All right. Cheers, man. Have a good one.